And welcome once again to another edition of A Plain Answer here at Redeemer Broadcasting. I'm Dan Elmendorf, and unfortunately I don't have a guest in the studio with me today. However, um, we did want to take some time and talk about items that came across the desk this week here at Redeemer Broadcasting. It's a real pleasure for me to uh, hear from listeners, send emails, uh, receive emails, possibly telephone calls, and yes, it's true, we don't have the time that we'd like, but uh, nevertheless, we are able to fit some things in. One of the subjects that uh, increasingly is coming across our desk here lately is uh, how that America has changed. Have you thought about it very much? Our country has changed so very much, and unfortunately, in many ways, it has not changed for the better. Um, I want to read a, uh, an article. It's kind of a teaser article that uh, one of my friends sent me uh, this week, in fact, uh, yesterday via email. And uh, this will give you um, the sense of where this discussion today is going. It's a discussion between you and me. And again, I wish we had someone else here in the studio, but you'll just have to put up with me today. <laughs> the email came across yesterday, and um, it was uh, of the subject, How Old is Grandma? <laughs> yes, How Old is Grandma? And it shows a picture of a grandma-looking woman here uh, in the email. shows a picture of an old car. The article starts like this. It says, uh, stay with us. The answer is at the end. And, and so it begins. One evening, a, a grandson was talking to his grandmother about current events. The grandson asked his grandmother what she thought about the shootings at schools, the computer age, and just things in general. The grandmother replied, well, let me think a minute. And then she goes on, I was born before, she says, before television, before penicillin, polio shots, frozen foods, Xerox, before contact lenses and Frisbees. And then she goes on, there were no credit cards, no laser beams or ballpoint pens. Man had not yet invented air conditioners, dishwashers, clothes dryers, and the clothes were hung out to dry in the fresh air, and man hadn't yet walked on the moon. She continued, Your grandfather and I got married first, and then we lived together. Every family had a father and a mother. Of course, she may be stretching the truth a bit there. Until I was 25, I called every man older than me, sir. And after I turned 25... I called the policeman and every man with a title, sir. We were before gay rights and computer dating and dual careers and daycare centers and group therapy. Our lives were governed by the Ten Commandments, good judgment and common sense. We were taught to know the difference between right and wrong and to stand up and take responsibility for our actions. Serving your country was a privilege. Living in this country was a bigger privilege. We thought fast food was what people ate during Lent. Having a meaningful relationship meant getting along with your cousins. Draft dodgers were those who closed front doors as the evening breeze started. Time sharing meant time the family spent together in the evenings and weekends, not purchasing condominiums. And the grandmother continues, We never heard of FM radios, tape decks, CDs, electric typewriters, yogurt, 
or guys wearing earrings. We listened to big bands, Jack Benny and the President's speeches on our radios. Pizza Hut, McDonald's, and Instant Coffee were unheard of. We had five-and-dime stores where you could actually buy things for five and ten cents. Ice cream cones, phone calls, rides on a streetcar, and Pepsi were all a nickel. And if you didn't want to splurge, you could spend your nickel on enough stamps to mail one letter and two postcards. You could buy a new Ford Coupe for $600, but who could afford one? Too bad, because gas was 11 cents a gallon. We're almost at the end of this little note. It says, In my day, grass was mowed, coke was a cold drink, pot was something your mother cooked in, and rock music was your grandmother's lullaby. Aides were helpers in the principal's office, chip meant a piece of wood, hardware was found in a hardware store, and software wasn't even a word. We were the last generation to actually believe that a lady needed a husband to have a baby. We volunteered to protect our precious country. No wonder people call us old and confused and say there is a generation gap. And this is where the uh, email kind of stops, but there is a question at the end. It asks, how old do you think I am? How old do you think she is? Any idea? Well, you scroll down and you see the answer, and it says... This woman would be only 61 years old. She would have been born in late 1952. And it really does give you something to think about, that uh, our culture here in America has uh, moved so very much over the course of many of our lifetimes. And uh, it's becoming um, troubling at times, isn't it? And so that's what we wanted to talk about today here on A Plain Answer. And, um, of course, uh, as Christians, we know that our hope is in the triune God of the Scriptures. And uh, one of the songs I want to play for you right now comes from the album Mighty God, Praise and Harmony, Acapella Worship, by uh, Keith Lancaster and the Acapella Company. The title of the song is Mighty to Save. Listen. Everyone needs compassion A love that's never failing Let mercy fall on me Everyone needs forgiveness The kindness of a Savior The hope of nations Savior, He can move us
What we'll do is we'll take a, uh, a break, and uh, then I'll be back with some more commentary. This is A Plain Answer here at Redeemer Broadcasting. I'm the only one in the studio today. My name is Dan Elmendorf. Thanks for tuning in. Please stay with us. We'll be right back with our program in just a minute. Now a reminder that your gifts to this ministry enable us to bring you thoughtful, Christ-centered programming 24 hours a day. Would you prayerfully consider helping us with a tax-deductible gift this month? Redeemer Broadcasting is a 501c3 not-for-profit broadcast ministry. We're entirely listener-supported and have no advertisements. If you would like to help support us this month, and perhaps in the future, our mailing address is Redeemer Broadcasting, Post Office Box 1520, Olive Bridge, New York, one. Two four six one. Once again, Redeemer Broadcasting, Post Office Box fifteen twenty, Olive Bridge, New York, one two four six one. Stay with us now for the second half of our program. Everyone needs compassion, a love that's never failing. Let mercy fall on me. Needs forgiveness, the kindness of the Savior, the hope of nations. Savior, He can move the mountains. So, uh, with that, we're back. Um, I think that song captures something that we want to make a point of today, and that is that. Uh, everyone does need compassion. We need the grace of the Lord Jesus Christ in our lives. Um, when we look at society and we have concerns over where we've moved and uh, what are some of the things that we can do to help move things back to a godly society, you know, the, th- the thing that comes to my mind first and foremost is that we have excellent corporate worship. I know that seems kind of foreign. You might think, oh, it's political involvement. But no, it's not. That's good, but that's not the priority. First and foremost, uh, the people of God need to meet regularly in corporate worship. Um, And so as God's people, there really is a, a sort of covenant renewal that takes place in our worship services. You know, word and sacrament. And uh, boy, you, you, speaking of effects flowing outward, there's nothing like good worship and its permeation into communities. I think that's part of the vision that we need to recapture. It's it's nothing unique, nothing original with me, but uh, I think our our fathers in the faith understood that if you get worship right, that first and foremost is going to affect society. And um, you say, well, how could that possibly be worshiping? In church? Yeah, worshiping in church, because God's people um, partake of the grace of God. God's people um, become in love with Jesus Christ and want to obey the Great Commission. You know, that Great Commission that Christ gave us, you know, where, where Jesus says, all authority has been given to me in heaven and on earth. Go, therefore, and make disciples of all the nations 
baptizing them in the name of the Father and of the Son and of the Holy Spirit, teaching them to observe all things that I have commanded you, and lo, I am with you always, even to the end of the age. Uh, In other words, bringing every thought captive to Jesus Christ. And so, um, yeah, in worship, we... um, We draw near to God. He draws near to us, and he commissions us to go out into this world. Um, One of the things that, uh, I don't know about you guys, but we often pray for is a great awakening, another great awakening. You've heard it mentioned here in A Plain Answer a number of times, and uh, particularly the first great awakening where God was truly the focus, not man's emotions, not barking like dogs or anything like that, but one in which uh, the holiness of God is uh, exalted uh, and the sovereignty of God is exalted, where it's the person of God who is in focus. Um, That is so very important. And so um, I think, um, yeah, worship uh, with God's people on the Lord's Day is probably the first and best step we can take in um, recovering a lost culture and recovering it for Jesus Christ. What we'll do is we'll take a short break now with some music, and we'll be right back. to that. Um, We picked that song because um, God is our only hope. He's our only hope. Um, We have a society that has moved from the precepts of God. And as Christians, we we mourn the loss of our freedoms in this country, in America. We uh, are concerned 
that we're becoming more and more of a, a socialist nation, not one that is um, based on a the idea of a constitutional republic, which naturally flows from, from a Christian worldview, from a Judeo-Christian worldview. Uh, what I want to do now is just read to you a an extremely important yet uh, familiar passage of Scripture. You probably know the one I'm referring to. It's where the Lord appears to Solomon. And I think it has application for us today. Listen to God's Word as I read it. Second Chronicles chapter 7, God's Word. When Solomon had finished the temple of the Lord and the royal palace, and had succeeded in carrying out all that he had in mind to do in the temple of the Lord and in his own palace, the Lord appeared to him at night and said, I have heard your prayer and have chosen this place for myself as a temple for sacrifices. When I shut up the heavens so that there is no rain, or command locusts to devour the land or send a plague among my people, if my people who are called by my name will humble themselves and pray and seek my face and turn from their wicked ways. Then I will hear from heaven and will forgive their sin and will heal their land. I'll just stop there briefly to say uh, this is God's word um, as he appeared to Solomon, his servant. And, um, you know, there are times in the life of a nation when the judgment of God falls. Um... In this particular text, he talks about shutting up the heavens so that there is no rain. We would say drought. Uh, Commanding the locusts to devour the land. Or or sending a plague, you know, terrible diseases among the people. And uh, yeah, God can do these things. God can do these things in response to the sin of a land. And uh, we are not to get haughty. But the the good news is that um, when a people look to the sovereign God, the triune God of the Scriptures, and they are the people of the Lord, and they humble themselves. They pray, they seek God's face, and they turn from their wicked ways. It's then that God hears from heaven. He forgives their sin, and he heals their land. And that is, a, that is some strong and wonderfully merciful admonition today that the Lord is giving us, I believe, from his word, that uh, do we want healing in this land? Do we want uh, restoration of our freedoms? Do we want um, um, the joy of the Lord? Well, then we need to seek the Lord. And as we said, uh, that first part is really, it, it happens in corporate worship. It happens personally, certainly, but it happens with the people of God calling upon the name of God and repenting of our sins and getting right with him knowing the the beauty of his spirit and the fruit of that spirit. So praise the Lord. And um, our text, the Lord says, um, Now my eyes will be open and my ears attentive to the prayers offered in this place. I have chosen and consecrated this temple so that my name may be there forever. And of course, this side of the cross, we no longer have temple worship. Uh, What we have is more like synagogal worship, Uh, The people of God meet together on the Lord's Day, and the Spirit of God is there. The Lord Jesus Christ has been offered once for all. He was the ultimate sacrifice, and his blood covers for our sins. And it's just a beautiful thing. So that's the first part in terms of restoration of our land. 
And uh, now we want to get to the second part uh, before we run out of time today here on A Plain Answer. Remember that uh, we started by reading an article of, of a grandmother and how she remembered things and how that everything, or so it seemed, had changed. And a lot of the good things she used to know had gone away. Um, and yet this lady was really not that old. Uh, she was actually born in 1952. <laughs> and so, yes, things have changed out from under us, and, and they're getting worse. Um, we also have civic responsibilities. I think it was last week that our governor in New York State um, said some offensive things to those of us who are more of a conservative stripe, uh, those of us who uh, believe in being self-sufficient uh, under God, of course, of uh, not having a large uh, bureaucracy handing out our hard-earned tax dollars to those who don't work. And yes, it does happen. Uh, I know that that will make some people feel uncomfortable, but it's happening a lot. And so um, the governor basically told me and others like me that, well, you don't belong in New York State. And I, frankly, I did find that rather offensive because, um, at least for, for our family, um, our family traces its roots back to the Netherlands, but um, we've been here in America in the Kingston area since 1667. And that was uh, indeed uh, before, well before, the Declaration of Independence. And so um, I thought, boy, isn't that strange that the governor is lecturing us um, this way, and yet we've been here so long. And so uh, it kind of hurt. I look back, by the way, this is the civic portion of the discussion. I do think that we've reached the point where, as Christians, um, you know, after we get our worship straight— Um, We can't be afraid of getting our hands dirty. Um, That may mean uh, attending local town meetings and and having a voice there. Um, We should always be courteous and winsome. Tied to this is is literally uh, voting the bad guys out and voting the good guys in. It's just that simple. You know, who are the people, who are the men, who are the women that want to honor God and who believe in a constitutional republic? that hold to our Constitution, that love the Declaration of Independence. Um, those are the people to vote for, in my opinion. It, uh, it even, um, <laughs> this is interesting, someday we'll do a plain answer on something called UN Agenda 21. And I didn't know anything about that. I think I heard it first at, at actually a town meeting, and one of the residents stood up and started talking about it, and I realized, oh my goodness, uh, this is actually flowing right down here to the local town level, and we, someday we ought to talk about that. But um, part of our civic duty as a Christian is to influence our government leaders and um, to influence them to embrace who we were, and, and, and we're losing it, but to become, a, again, a constitutional republic. Uh, strictly speaking, we're not a democracy. We're a constitutional republic. We are founded on law. And it's not just uh, 51% of the vote, and then the whole nation immediately goes that way. That, that's really not how it works. So, um, yeah, we need to embrace our civic duty. It means getting our hands dirty. For some people, that means um, um, befriending one really broken family or maybe adopting a child that would have been aborted. Um, it may mean um, influencing our legislators to try to keep the jobs here. It's, it's not selfish to, to want to employ your sons and your daughters. No, that's a good thing. 
And, um, well, there's so much more we could talk about. I see we're running out of time quick. But send me your thoughts. I'd love to hear from you. Uh, our email address here at the station is ministry at redeemerbroadcasting.org. Uh, one final note, and that is um, God believes in honest money. Uh, you ever think about that, honest money? Um, it's not right that we uh, just keep printing up money and getting into debt and all of that. And uh, I would love it if we um, had one state here on the East Coast which would finally uh, embrace the idea of, hey, let's not tax our people to death. Let's make um, the states very friendly to businesses so that businesses can come here and prosper. And um, then I think if, if just one state would get it here in the Northeast and make itself friendly for business, then very likely other states would have no choice but to jump in on the bandwagon. You know, that's, that's kind of the way it works. Well, those are just a few thoughts that were on my heart today. And uh, this is kind of a little bit of a different plain answer, I I do admit it. Um, I got so busy this week that uh, we didn't have time to line up a guest to come into the studio. So you're kind of stuck with me. I'm interested in your thoughts. Please send me your emails. Our address is ministry at RedeemerBroadcasting.org. Quick reminder, please join us next week at the same time for another edition of A Plain Answer. And also, this broadcast is available up on our website as a podcast. Check it out. We're found at RedeemerBroadcasting.org.